How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tam Jensi. Tim, how are you, sir? Doing good. Definitely feeling better than last week, that's for sure. I know, yeah, you, uh, you were in rough shape there last week, buddy. Yeah. Being sick does that. Yeah, well, you know, when we get to it, you'll find out that I was actually sick this week, too. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, before we go any further, though, I want to give a shout-out to one Joseph St. Amour, because his son, Connor Desmond, was born on Monday. Nice. Yeah, so I want to give him a shout-out. You know, Joseph, obviously, one-time guest. He's been on our show as a host. So I just want to open the episode with that real quick. So, you know, once again, Joseph, congratulations to you and your fiancé, and thankfully... Your son is the next-gen Sens fan. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't have to watch this crap. Not yet. Anyways, he ain't old enough. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So let's go on and talk about our cover athlete, because this episode is Season 2, Episode 11, also known as Episode 39, the Dominic Hasek episode. Now, I want to get your thoughts on Dominic, because he is, hands down, my all-time favorite goalie, and... I think his time in Ottawa has really been overshadowed with what happened after the Olympics in 2006. Well, I mean, when you pu- when you just don't even come back for the playoffs, you can see why people would be pissed off, mm-hmm. despite and, how well he was playing. Yeah, and you gotta, a thing yeah, if you think about it, right, he did the same thing in Buffalo, and that's what got Ted Nolan fired. Yeah. No, like, I can see why the fans are pissed off, and... I think the franchise did the right thing, and luckily, Ray Emery was there the next year to carry the team into the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that Hasek was willing to come back for base salary, and they were just like, no, no, he's he didn't want to do that. Yeah, but you could get, like, are you going to gamble getting burned again? But honestly, I kind of wish they did bring him back, like, because on the other hand... They did sign Marty Gerber for, like, $5 million. Yeah, I think if they had got him for a base salary, which I know Hasek didn't want to do that, and that's why he went off to Detroit and won another Stanley Cup. But, you know, hindsight, obviously, is twenty twenty on that, right? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So we got to mention next week's poll for Season 2, Episode 12, also known as Episode 40, is now up. And we've got two goalies on the board. We've got Patrick Lalim and Robin Leonard. Well, that'll be a good one. That's a good one. I really like that. And at the moment, it's split 50-50. And actually, the poll for Dominic Hasek, he won by... I think he won 50%. The other two had 25. Oh, geez. So it wasn't even close. <laughs> no, not really at all. But well, there's still time. Yeah, exactly. As we said, right off the top, you were sick last week. And I was sick last, this week. So let's talk about last week's episode, Tim, because I'm not going to lie to you. It didn't sound bad, but I could tell neither of us were really that into it. I was so dead. I wasn't even able to keep food down until after the episode. I know, and I was just like, oh, I felt so bad. Especially you had to do that hour-long top of the hour. Yeah, and I was just... And, like, by the end of it, I was definitely fighting it. Yeah, we were running on empty by the end, and that's why if you listen to the games, it's, like, nine minutes, maybe. 
It was like, done, done, done. Yeah, it was like, this, 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 done. Next game, this, this, this. Next game, done, done, done. Look, well, two of them were just getting basically shit-kicked by Montreal, so... Tim, how is that any different kinda... than this week? I mean, yes, but at least we win one here. That is true. That is true. So, let's talk about our week, Tim. How has your week been? Honestly, better. Work, it's mostly been a lit review and... Uh, just based getting ready to research for next year and then uh yeah i went to a party last night uh it's actually pretty fun ended up eating all the pizza pockets nice what kind of pizza pockets uh just you know the pepperoni ones but it was like i'm gonna stay away from the food table somehow it gets back to the food table i know and i know that you're not you weren't a listener of maple syrup shots but they did a taste test on their show where they did the poutine pizza pops oh no and dave actually liked it he took a bite he's like Actually, Neil, give me another bite. That's actually pretty good. They sound so... Like, it sounds like such a bad idea, though. It does. Even Neil was just like, no, I can't do this. Because it's basically like, yo, let's put gravy... Replace the, like, the Italian whatever sauce with gravy. Yeah. Or as I say on The Simpsons, it's just brown and water. (laughs) Pretty... I don't know. Well-made... Like, I'm sure you can attest to this. Well-made gravy is actually delicious. But, like, industrial gravy is nasty. Yeah. Although, you know, the stuff that comes in the little packages, they're all right. It's edible. It's edible. It's not great, but it's edible. Yeah, and I imagine said cheese curds for, like, the freaking pizza pop. They just put, like, melt, like, processed cheese in there. Oh, I know. that. And you know what? The processed cheese, that's what kills me in the end. So what dumb thing are we eating when we do a shooting the shit episode coming up here. Well, I think I have an idea because I think I mentioned this. I definitely mentioned it off the record, but definitely not on the show that I combined a ketchup chip with a hock and cheesy. Oh, that sounds disgusting. It's actually not too bad. You know what? Okay. You know, you say that it's actually pretty good in all, in all seriousness. Has there been anything where I've ever said like, it's actually pretty good and it turned out to be actually garbage. Because I feel like that's what you're setting me up for here, man. Well, I mean, you did that to me, you know, a year ago at this time. With what? Oh, there was a little burger place in Ottawa. Whoa! <laughs> okay, I this shouldn't, even I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't here. say that. Because, honestly, <laughs> their burger wasn't that bad. I was just underwhelmed. Yeah. I don't even have words for that. Well, I bet, I bet you don't even have any words for my next thing I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Tim, do you remember where you were one year ago today? Uh. Oh, I think I was walking towards the, walking towards a card shop telling you you better get your ass down to uh, Parliament Hill. No, that was a year ago yesterday. A year uh. ago today, I was sitting in minus 31 weather... Watching the Ottawa Senators play the Montreal Canadiens at Lansdowne. Right. And you, you you didn't think it would be a good idea to bring a winter coat for some reason. Because I'm from out here. I've never experienced a real Canadian winter. I'm thinking, oh yeah, a hoodie will be fine. Did you I... not, did you not like check the weather before you left? Yeah, it was like minus 11. Yeah, that's not hoodie weather. That's, if you leave your hands out, they will get frostbitten bitten weather well my hands were fine 
You know, I had pockets. I was trying to. I was able to keep them warm. My beer, not so much. My beer kind of froze on me, but. Yeah. No. I still think you're silly for that. Ugh. That's terrible, Tim. That's just well, terrible. Uh, it's not as bad as uh, one of my friends in Tokyo. I was like, oh, it's so cold out here. I looked at the weather, like 40 degrees Fahrenheit, so 5 Celsius. I'm like, come the fuck on, dude. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> like, I guess he's an Aussie who lives in Tokyo, but... Hey, Tim? Yeah? Yeah, okay, sorry. We're just going to take a quick break here because i got to find my truck keys to move it out of the way. And we'll, we'll be right back to talking about top of the hour. Coming oh, okay. right back. Hey, this is Joseph from Fourth Line Podcast, and you're listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. Okay, guys, we are back here at the Third Line Plug Sensecast. Now, given that we just had the Joseph St. Amour promo and we gave him a shout-out, you know what it's time for, Tim? Your favorite little segment. It's time to segue into this little segment I like to call Top of the Hour. Okay, let's start off with... The Philadelphia Flyers will honor Scott Hartnell during their game versus Nashville on December 20th. Hartnell, drafted 6th overall by the Nashville Predators in 2000, was traded to Philadelphia in 2007, where he spent 7 seasons with the Flyers recording 157 goals, 169 assists for 326 points in 517 games. I forgot that he re- Did he retire? Yep. Yeah, he retired at the end of last season. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, because remember he, I don't remember if he got traded or he signed with Nashville for one year and then he called it a career. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I thought he played more games than that, honestly. Excuse me. Yeah, actually, I thought he had played more too with Philadelphia, but apparently not. Yeah, weird. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, he had a good career, though, so. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Not a Hall of Fame career, but, you know, a good career. He was good. Yeah. And I liked Scott Hartnell as a player. I didn't mind him. You know, he wasn't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. But that's cool that he gets at least some recognition before going on doing whatever retired hockey players do. Yeah, Coach. pretty much, Tim. <laughs> so, Tim, remember last week I mentioned the former Humboldt Bronco that got rear-ended in the, that accident? Yep. Well, former Humboldt Bronco Ryan Strasniski was involved in another bus crash while on his way home from a physiotherapy session in Calgary after the bus he was riding in was rear-ended by a truck. Ryan was not injured in the crash. Jesus Christ. This sounds kind of like a Final Destination movie. I know. This guy has really bad luck, man. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make light of it, but that's pretty serious stuff. If you get rear-ended... Yeah, like, you're in a bus crash, then get rear-ended, then get in another bus crash. Jesus. I know. Poor guy. I know, it's terrible. Much like this next fellow, TMZ reported that actor Sean Weiss was arrested in Los Angeles after he attempted to steal $200 worth of goods from a local drugstore. This story relates to hockey as Weiss portrayed the character of Goldberg in the Disney hockey movie trilogy, The Mighty Ducks. That's about as tenuous of a link to hockey as you can get. Hey, still counts. I guess. What's next? We start reporting every dumb TMZ story from Emilio Estevez. I don't know if he has any, Tim, but, you know. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's not like Joshua Jackson when he punched out the security guard at the Hurricanes game years ago. <sighs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Or, yeah, the Angels tame now. I know. I mean, I don't see any other mo- hockey mo- or movie studio making a hockey trilogy. Maybe. Maybe there just hasn't been a good enough story yet. 
Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I can only imagine it's like some sort of like, like you know, like the Marvel universe. Yeah. Make a hockey fucking universe out of that. They tried. Don't you remember those Marvel designed NHL superheroes? Yep. And they were, they were all a hundred percent meh. Yeah. But I mean, granted, you know, Marvel's more for comics than they are for hockey. So. Yeah. But I mean, it's like you could have come up with names other than. The Canuck, the Senator, the Maple Leaf. They could, but they didn't. Hell, even, like, I don't know where the hell this came from, but a Photoshop Leaf Hulk is better than that. I don't think I saw that, Tim. You might have to show me it after the episode. Oh, it's, uh, this, this Leaf, like, some Leaf fan uh, just made this really cringy, uh, incredible Hulk painted blue with the Maple Leaf logo on it with a bunch of, like, some like middle school inspiration text on it okay. and whatever the Leafs screw something up manual either retweet that or blue or blue hulk on the toilet yeah there's a bunch of like just because the leafs fandom is so big there's a bunch of just retarded leafs fans that makes really cringe makes really cringy stuff it'd be basically like taking red scarf union as representative of all sets fans Tim, I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> I am going to go on to our next story, though. Former Edmonton Oilers captain Andrew Ferris was on Sportsnet's 31 Thoughts podcast when he spoke out regarding the dysfunction and toxic culture in the Oilers locker room during his tenure in Edmonton. He also spoke about how the locker room would talk about how sick they were of losing, only to go out to the bar until 3 a.m. Well, there's a bunch of stuff going on here. First, wasn't he captain of that shit pile? Yes, he was. So, isn't it kind of rich that he's complaining about it? True. But in fairness, maybe. though, I mean, he tried to tried his best to change the culture, right? And obviously, yep. and he said even in that thing, which I didn't get a chance to listen to, but I read the story about it, that, you know, he talked about how guys like Patrice Bergeron and Zidane Chara had that same in-game intensity in practice where the Oilers were sort of half-assing it. Oh, uh, okay. But I guess the other thing is, like, you always hear things about the locker... Like, when it, when teams are losing, it's, like, bad culture, locker room stuff. But then, as soon as the winning switch goes on, that stuff sort of disappears. Yeah, we like, saw I really that with do... Ottawa. We saw it with yeah. Ottawa 2017, right? Because you heard rumors about Hoffman, and we knew about some of the dysfunction with the team, but, you know, winning changes a lot of things, and the perception of those as well. Yeah, so it's like, I really do wonder about... Like, these stories just seem to be... Get clicks when it's and kicking a team when it's down sort of thing. I want, like I imagine the dysfunction continues whether you're winning or losing. Yeah. Yeah, like, I wonder how much fucking coke Mike Richards was, was doing while NA was, LA was winning Stanley Cups, All for instance. It. Yeah. So it's like, it was only a problem once Mike Richards stopped being good at hockey but kept doing the coke. Yeah. No, that's a good point, Tim. Man, that just makes it sound like an argument for doing coke. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll go on to our next story so we don't have to argue about it. Yeah. St. Louis Blues forward Zach Sanford and defenseman Robert Bertuzzo was involved in an altercation during Blues practice following their 6-1 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. The Blues, who were 10-14-4 at the time of this incident, are currently bottom of the West, which led to Vladimir Tarasenko to apologize, for fan, apologize to fans for how they have been playing. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised that the Blues are playing this poorly, given the roster they're 
they've constructed. Yeah, actually, I'm really surprised too. But you know what? You can also look at, say, Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia, but Philly was in a different state because of all the goalie injuries that happened. Because you look at the talent around them. Like, you look at their Giroux, their Provolives, the Couturier, yeah. like that. They should be, be being better. But I understand well, that there's so many goalie injuries. That's like, okay, well, do we excuse that at this point? Honestly, I think a good... Like, I'm a, a little alarmed that the owner fired Hextall just because he was, he's not doing enough stuff. Right. That's a really bad sign. Like, if your GM had the wisdom, it's like, oh... There's a bunch of extenuating circumstances. Let's r- let it ride a bit. I think that's wisdom. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like Ron Hextall was afraid to make moves. No, and I he definitely that- tried to make some moves, but that's why, like you said, that's why he ultimately got fired because he either wouldn't or couldn't go out and go get a goalie. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like fire acting in a big old panic often gets you in a worse spot than you otherwise would be. Mm-hmm. And kudos to Hextall for not falling to that, but that makes me worried about Philadelphia ownership. And I hope St. Louis doesn't go the same way. Because I think the St. Louis squad is just brutally unlucky. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, like, in a very tough Western Conference, too. Yeah. So it's like I wouldn't be surprised with this if uh, the Blues suck this year but pop back next year if they don't make radical changes. Yeah, we'll definitely have to keep tabs on that, Tim. Yeah, because we're getting to the point of the season where, yeah, you know if you're holding or folding. Mm-hmm. The Alberta yeah, Little People Association is fighting to have the long-standing term midget removed from minor hockey due to the group saying it's offensive and outdated. The group's vice president, Jessica Hayhor, stated on Calgary's 770 CHQR that they are trying to raise awareness to say that the word is not appropriate anymore. So are we going to rename midget real little people? Oh, I think they would still find offensive to it. And you know what? This whole thing with political correctness, and I've got my, my thoughts and my opinions on it, and... You know, obviously in this day and age, with social media being as prevalent as it is, I understand that there are a lot of people looking for reasons to be offended pretty much by everything. And I, I can understand these, you know, the Alberta Little People Association being offended by the word midget, given that midget's a derogatory term towards their kind, right? And I understand. It's like with looking at these sports teams like the Washington Redskins or the Edmonton Eskimos, where they're like, okay, well, that's derogatory against first nations and i'm like okay well redskins i can kind of understand but what about say the chiefs the warriors the blackhawks the braves you know sports teams that honor the first nations well to be fair the indy you you also have the fucking cleveland indians that only finally got rid of chief wahoo i know and even as you know outdated as that logo looked i kind of liked it it was alright. It was kind of a. It was an, that was a pretty bad caricature of a Native American. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, does, it, the, it does look. You know, it does look. He's even got like the, the stereotypical know. little mustache. Wait, he had a mustache. Yeah. Did he? About the jokes that Aboriginals can't grow mustaches. Yeah. Chihuahua was brutal. Okay, I'm gonna look this up because I honestly don't believe you now, Tim. Because, I, I mean, I've seen that logo so many times, and I've never... 
honestly noticed that they don't have a mustache. Yeah, he's got a shitty little mustache. Like, just right over the smile. Okay. What are you talking about? No, he doesn't. Yeah, he has, a, he has that. a nose, but he the little line there, that's just the outline of his face. No, oh, it's to totally a mustache. That is not a mustache, Tim. Right? That looks like a mustache. It's not a mustache. That's the outline of his face. It's still a brute. Then why does it stop? It's still a brutal logo. I mean, yeah, it's brutal, but, you know, I don't know. I think it's based off a comic, like a comic that was not much better. Yeah, and I mean, look, I understand people's objections to that, right? It's like if you named a team the San Diego Wetbacks. Like, that would be totally offensive towards the Hispanic community, right? And I understand yeah. that, but at a certain point, like, you're just like, okay, what are we going to be offended about this time? Well, I mean, as far as midget goes, I don't think most when pe most people say midget hockey, they don't put two and two together. No, because it's a term that's been used in minor hockey for so long that we don't even really think about it anymore. And maybe that's why these, that's why the Little People Association is offended about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely, it's not as extreme as, say, Chief Wahoo or the Washington Redskins. Yeah. Maybe this one just falls short. Yeah, but what about, say, the Chicago Blackhawks logo, right? That's a First Nations. You're not even going to acknowledge what I just said? You were saying that the... This Chief... one falls short. Oh. Okay, sorry, that part I didn't hear. All I heard was about <laughs> Chief Wahoo and the Redskin logo. I was like... <laughs> Oh, fuck, we've dug ourselves a big hole, Tim. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's going to get worse from here, buddy. CBC oh, News dear. reported that hockey-themed totem poles have been removed from shelves at nine Lawton drugstore locations in Nova Scotia following a complaint calling them blatant cultural appropriates. Rebecca Thompson posted the photos on social media stating the items are awful are awful appropriate of pieces of trash that undermine West Coast indigenous cultures. Thomas herself is a Mikwami? Mikmah. Mikmah? Thank you. Yeah, but Mikmah... Here's the funny thing, though. Why does she get to speak for West Coast cultures? Thank she's you! Even... That's what I said when I read this story. It's like, she's from fucking Nova Scotia. What the hell does she know about West Coast culture? But, I don't know. It's like... They're kind of... They're kind of borderline. Yeah, that's another gray area, right? But, I mean, granted, I saw the total poll picture she sent. I was like... Uh, I could. It's not like you're. Like I know what. Uh, like having like, people tell like, this one grinds Chelsea's gears when people tell her that like people wear white people wearing well not Japanese people wearing kimonos is cultural appropriation if they're wearing like a proper kimono that's not being used to make fun of. Japanese culture. It's like no, it's cool that like, we like it when people kind of wear cultural pieces and embrace Japanese culture. And I don't know, I feel like these totem poles, it's they're definitely towing the line. Yeah, it's a gray area though. Yeah, like I can see I can see be, I can see pulling these ones. Like I wouldn't fight I wouldn't fight for this one. <laughs> no, I'm not fighting for it either, but I mean, I, granted I'm straight white and I'm a guy. So obviously I'm not going to be overly offended by a lot of things. 
And I can understand if you're First Nations or, you know, little people and be offended, like, of the last two stories we talked about. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I looked at the totem poles and I'm thinking... I mean, yeah, I can understand if somebody's offended, but I'm looking at them like, eh? All right. Uh, I guess the thing, though, is, like, they're kind of ugly. Like, I wouldn't want someone using that to make money off my culture. Like, if if they looked... Like, if they were better looking and kind of fit more native art themes... Mm-hmm. Or like design touch po- or design cultural touch points, then I think it would be more acceptable. But these things are they're kind of shitty. Yeah, honestly, I think if somebody did one of the old school CLC Hawks logo because it has like the the hawk head that kind of looks like the top of a totem pole. Yeah, I want to see somebody try and do that. I know they might be offended or whatever, but I want it to be like I just want to see it. I just want to see if it would be kind of cool. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if an Aboriginal artist hasn't already done it. Yeah. And probably done it well. Like, that's the thing. is like, if this was done well and with care, I don't think anyone would have an issue. And I think that's kind of where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. But it's also funny how it's, like, someone who doesn't actually have, like, the only thing they have in co- common with the West Coast culture that they're claiming being appropriated is their skin color. I find that kind of funny. But, okay, uh, so, Tim, yeah. I'm thinking we should probably get away from the two stories because... <laughs> You just know that our Twitter feeds and our email, it's going to be flooded with people going, oh, I'm offended. Nah, it'll just be Adam. Adam, I swear to God, if you ever think of sending any of that stuff to us, I will not be very happy, sir. <laughs> so, Tim, you know what's funny, man? Of all the years I've worked in the food service industry, I'm surprised yeah. the next story report hasn't been done sooner. ESPN did a report for their Outside the Lines program where they uncovered findings regarding the food storage and preparation in the NHL's 31 buildings. The report ranked the American Airlines Center in Dallas as the worst while reporting some findings at the Pepsi Center in Denver, PNG Center in Raleigh, Rogers Place in Edmonton, Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, and Scotiabank Saddledome in Calgary, just to name a few. Well, what when they say notes, what exact? What sort of citation are we talking about? Like, um, it varied from the arenas. There were certain arenas the the food handling was not sanitary. They found rat droppings underneath underneath um, cooking lines, all this kind of stuff. So there's many things, and I think the one in Dallas they found like moldy strawberries in the kitchen and just Ugh. all kinds of things. And I'm just like, I mean, I'm not surprised, given that you know. Because every place, they're going to be dinged for something, right? And the health department's very stingy on that. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, Tim. If I was to go to a hockey arena and I was to order something, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be that surprised. Because really, what's wrong with getting a hot dog, a pop, maybe nine beers, or some popcorn? Nine. What's wrong with that? Nine? <laughs> nine. Jesus. It's like a three. It's like a three-hour hockey game. How are you packing away nine beers? Oh, Tim, you underestimate me, sir. Well, I guess yeah, you. Are. Yeah, because like nine beers in three hours would probably kill me. Yeah, but you're more of a hard liquor drinker anyway, so. Yeah, I guess. So yeah, like I said, I'm not surprised that a report on this hasn't been done sooner, and they did. 
they did a report where they covered all 111 professional sports stadiums in North America. Mm-hmm. So obviously certain arenas double for both, right? Like the Pepsi Center, the Staples Center. Uh, I don't know if the American Airlines Center does for both for the Mavs and the Stars. I think it does. Does it? Yeah, I think so. And then uh, Scotiabank Arena does both the wraps and the leaves. Yep. Yeah, you got that. So, honestly, I'm not surprised. And, you know, we said on the show about, you know, Maze. Maze. When I was reading that story, I was like, I was th- that was my, my, uh, kind of the intro I was thinking for that story. It's like, uh, what sort of citations are we talking about? Are we talking about dying from Maze or are we talking from you didn't wipe the sneeze guard enough? Yeah, that would have been a better intro, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. could just recut that. No, it's too late, man. It's too, too late, late for that. But it's not Yo, too should late. I show Chelsea Bays next time we're Duncan? I mean, if you really love Chelsea, I would say no, but... <laughs> I mean, just fair warning, Chelsea may or may not die. I got... I got a stare. <laughs> yeah, just take my word for it, Jels. It may or may not be worth it. It's not worth it. Well, Ooh, this next one's good. Yeah. KHL's Akbar's Kazan made headlines after they signed former Russian Premier League player Yevgeny Savin. This came as a surprise to many people due to the fact that Savin is a soccer player, not hockey. And also, I think this is an answer to Jacksonville Jaguars' Jalen Ramsey, who said if he practiced for six months, he can crack the NHL. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd love to see him try. But I, I do wonder, like, what level of soccer he was playing and what level of hockey. Well, I guess KHL is, uh, it's not the best, but it's still good hockey. Yeah, it's like one below the NHL. Mm-hmm. With all-star Brian Brochensky. Yeah, I mean, well, in fairness, from what I'm reading, he looked like he was playing Russian Premier League. So, probably the highest league in Russia you could play in. Yeah, so he's a hell of an athlete. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't go for, like, the CKHA or whatever that team that Vladimir Putin plays for. Oh, Moscow? Yeah. You mean the team that always wins? Yes. Yeah, I don't think I could ever, like, as much as there's a lot of talent within the KHL, I don't think I could ever get into it knowing that there's a team that is politically rigged to win. Yeah. Or else Putin would have him killed. Yeah, that just kind of wrecks... It really just wrecks my enjoyment of the league, you know? Yeah, but in fairness, the Flyers had mafia ties, though. Yeah, but they didn't win every year. That's true. That is actually... Yeah, actually, that is true. I'm surprised the mafia didn't have more to do with that. Well... You're slacking off, mafia. Well, it depends. If the mafia had ways to... If the mafia was just trying to maximize their gambling income, then... No, it makes sense that they wouldn't win all the time because sometimes they'd have to lose because you need to make that big bet. Yeah, pretty much. USA Hockey has suspended an unnamed teenager in Euless, Texas, playing for the Grapevine slash Coleyville Ice Hockey Association indefinitely after a dangerous incident in which he two-hands slashed an unsuspecting player across the back. Jesus. That's brutal. That was brutal. And I did see the video and I was like, oh, wow. Uh, mm, hmm. Don't do that, buddy. Yeah, don't do it. It's not good. Yeah, like I just can't 
Ugh, I can't deal with that sort of shit. No, I can't either, man. It was terrible. I'm glad that they finally stepped in and be like, nope, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hope the NHL does more of that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. But then again, how often do you ever see two guys two-handing each other across the back? Yeah, pretty much never. That isn't a cross-check. That's different. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Buffalo Sabres have announced that they have suspended Patrick Berglund indefinitely. This move appeared to be forced on the Sabres by Berglund after he refused to report back to Buffalo. This is weird. Yeah, I honestly wonder what was going on with him in Buffalo because when he was traded to Buffalo, like he was in and out of the lineup, and when he was in the lineup, he was putting up points. So I don't know what was going on there, Tim. It could be a personal issue. It could be physical. He could just be like, that's it. I've had enough of Buffalo. I want out. But what's really weird is, like, the last two games he was out with an illness, and then he just disappears. Yeah. Like, there, there's something going on, and I, I hope he's okay. Yeah, I, want, I hope he's okay too, Tim. Yeah, like, this is weird. So I'm not going to lie, Tim. This next story, I got the fuzzy feelings inside. It brought back some memories. The NHL has announced a new puck for the upcoming Winter Classic. This puck has a new thermodynamic finish, which will change color after the when the puck puck's temperature gets too warm. So, from what I'm basically hearing is that it's another form of the Fox Tracks puck. I knew you were going to say this. Yep. You sent me this story last night. I'm like, he's he's going to talk about the Fox Track. Yeah, Fox I am. Of course, he's going to talk about the Fox Tracks puck because I think I'm like the one guy in Canada that actually liked it. I was like, yeah. Kind of cool. It reminds me of Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of silly, though. It's silly, and I understand the Americans did it to follow the game, right? But as Canadians, we're all looking at him like, motherfucker, you could follow a baseball going 90 miles per hour, but you can't follow a black disc on a white surface. Where everyone is chasing it. Yeah. Now, in fairness, I understand that hockey's a much faster game than baseball, but still. I don't know. I like the laser. I know. I miss... You know what I miss? Remember when the NHL on Fox used to be a thing? Yeah, they used to actually have really good coverage. Yeah, do you remember what, Remember the uh, little robot they had as a graphic? No. You don't remember that? No, not at all. Oh my god, okay. After this episode, I'm going to send you a link to one of their videos that has that robot. Oh, didn't the NFL have the stupid robot as well? Yes, it did. Oh, shit, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's dumb. It's dumb, but I liked it. Granted, I was like five when I saw it, but you know. Didn't they keep that robot up until like 2007? No. Um, Nope. Uh, The NFL still uses it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and now they've got some ex-players too, like Howie Long, Terry Bradshaw. Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Troy Aikman. Joe Buck. Fuck, I hate Joel Buck. Anyway. Did Tony Romo ever play in an important game? Uh, You gotta be more specific on important, Tim. Are you talking important games that he won, or important games where he blew it? Both. Mm, I think he played more in the latter than the former. Yeah, like, I don't remember the the Cowboys ever going anywhere in the playoffs with him at the helm. I think my one memory of Romo was against the playoff game against Seattle where he held the ball for the kick and he fucked it he fucked it up so he grabbed it and he started running with it he's like yeah. I'm closing up to the end zone guys I can do it nope I fucked it 
Tony fucking Romo. I know. Well, Tim, it's hard to believe that even though we're an Ottawa Sanders podcast, we got to talk about the Leafs. Yeah, you got a bunch of Leafs stories here, buddy. Well, look, I can't help that the Leafs pretty much dominated the news cycle for this week. And we're going to start off with former Maple Leafs forward Gary Roberts was on the Leafs lunch with Andy Petrillo and Pierre Lebrun when he said he would return to the NHL so he could face off with Bruins past Brad Marchant. Robert states he loves the way he plays, but not the sideshow stuff he does. So he just wants to punch Mar- Brad Marchand? Yeah, pretty much. Huh. How old is Gary Roberts? Isn't he, like, ancient? Uh, 52, I want to say. Oh, yeah, he'd probably get shit kicked. Well, in fairness, man, he's, like, super in shape. Like, he's the guy who trains, like, Steven Stamkos and all these guys in the offseason. Fair. But he's also 50 compared hey. to Barshad, who is 30. Whoa, whoa, let's back it up now. Come on, Yarmar Yager was 45 playing in the NHL. Yes, but that's 45 and not 50. Gary Roberts can still do it. Okay, let's see a team sign him and see what happens. Yeah. We are lucky to be like Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, just for one game against the Bruins. Just bring him in as the emergency goalie. Why not? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, granted, they would need him after this next story. Toronto Maple Leafs forward Zach Hyman has been suspended two games for his late hit on Bruins defenseman Charlie McAvoy. This is Hyman's first suspension while McAvoy was not injured on the play. You know, I'm glad that they they suspended someone for a play that is it's not a great play and no one got injured. Kudos to the NHL here. Yeah, got to give them that. And, I mean, McAvoy was in... The game versus the Senators, which is the first game we got to talk about this evening. Yep. But we'll talk more about that when we get to that, Tim. Mm-hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs uh, have re-signed defenseman Callie Rosen to a two-year contract worth $1.5 million with an AAV $750,000. Rosen recorded two goals, 17 assists for 19 points in 24 games for the AHL's Toronto Marlies. Now, I do like this signing in all seriousness because Rosen's not a bad defenseman. Yeah, but he probably won't see light of day. No, but, you know, if he doesn't make the NHL, he would be a very, very good AHL defenseman. For sure. Probably would probably would shore up a few... Yeah, shore up most AHL teams, honestly. Mm-hmm. Also the next stick, one, I... Also sticking with the Leafs, they have also signed goalie Ian Scott to a three-year entry-level contract. Scott was a fourth-round pick by the Leafs in 2016. What's funny about this signing is, uh, remember how deep the Leafs were were goal going into the season then all of a sudden they had to pull up Garrett Sparks they lose McElhaney and then Calvin Pickard gets picked off waivers too yep that was like like that was so weird but I guess they you kind of had to see it coming yeah and you know what you got to give them credit that they at least realized that maybe they need another goalie yeah no kidding but it was just bizarre to see them lose so many like two goalies in quick succession yeah there had to have been something they could have d- done to at least pick, protect one of them if they wanted to yeah but maybe they didn't want to right yeah maybe calvert pickard wasn't as good as we thought he was yeah okay i swear this is the last leaf story Toronto Maple police have acquired defenseman steve oleski from the anaheim ducks in exchange for ford adam cracknell Oleski recorded two assists in 15 games for the AHL San Diego Gulls, and Cracknell recorded three goals, seven assists for 10 points in 14 games for the AHL's Toronto Marlies. Cool AHL trade. 
but... <laughs> yeah, next. Vancouver next. Canucks have signed defenseman Mitch Ellett to an entry-level contract. Ellett is in his second year with the OHL's Sarnia Sting record, ranking fifth in team scoring with seven goals, 21 assists, or 28 points in 32 games. Nice. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And that wraps up Talk of the Hour for this week, Tim. And you know what that means. The San Diego Gulls is a really boring name for a hockey team. Well, I was going to say it's time to start talking about the four games we've got this evening, but yeah, that's true. So let's start talking about these four games, Tim. We've got the Bruins versus the Senators, Sens versus the Preds, Sens versus the Red Wings, and the Sens versus the Canadians, where we also lost 5-2. Great. Again. But before we do that, let's hit the music. You know, Tim, it wouldn't be our holiday episode if I did get a chance to listen to that song. Oh. Yeah? Yeah, that's true. Christmas Time by the Darkness. The did you only just drop good holidays on us. What's that? What when did this become our holiday episode? I thought we were recording one or we're recording one on like the day after Boxing Day. Well, this is like our before holiday episode, Tim. Okay. I mean I guess we can call this one our holiday episode, you know, that's why I used it. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But at yeah. the same time, I'm like... You're like, what? I didn't know there were holidays. We never talked like, about this. I'm like... Yeah. Yeah. I'll be in my trailer. No, in, fair, well, in fairness, we did this last year. We did? Yeah. Last year, the holiday episode was the one before... Uh, no. Was it? I don't think... No, I think... No, I think the one after Christmas was. Yeah, because we recorded on Boxing Day. Well, it's nice to know we now have an intro for next week's episode, Tim. Sick. Yep. Well, Tim, let's start talking about the games of the week. We've got the Bruins versus the Senators. This is a 2-1 to one Bruins victory. Bruins goals were scored by Brad Marchant and Tori Krug in overtime. Senators goals were scored by Mark Stone. Shots were 44-28 for the Bruins. Overall, a mixed bags game for both teams. Despite a pretty evenly played first period by both teams, Boston seemed to have the advantage in the second as Ottawa were trying to get past their defense. And a goalie duel finished the third before Krug got the OT winner. So let's once again talk about the Chuck, White, and Stone line. Pure havoc. For me, they seem to be like the only line that showed up. Yeah, that's fair. Although, one thing that really surprised me looking over the stats later, the Pyarby line didn't get their shit pushed in. That's true, Tim. That is true. That's honestly surprising. And they actually managed to do a pretty decent job against the Marchand line. Although, the shot volume, both sides were taking an insane volume of shots. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's the next quote I want to say. Mike McKenna actually looked decent in this game, especially in the third period. Well, I mean, anytime you've got, like, you lose with a .96 save percentage. Yeah, he had a, nine, a 9.55 save percentage for 42 saves. Yeah, you can't hang that on the goalie. No, I thought he, he was great. Mm-hmm. I totally agree, Tim. Yeah, and although the one nice thing is Ottawa did manage to keep a large amount of the shots to the outside. So that's fair. That is true. That is true. It's This is what I find frustrating about the Senators. Is they'll, they'll play tight with some of the better teams of the league, and they just don't show up for the fucking Canadians. I know. Like, what the hell? 
Yeah, that that's gonna piss me off all this episode. Well, I guess something that could piss you off even more was Brad Marchand eyeballing the bench after his goal. That's just Brad Marchand. Fuck him. All right. Do you want to go on to the next game? Uh, anything else I want to say? Uh, Drake Batherson just wasn't. Re- and this is something I'm going to notice for the next few games. Just Drake Batherson without Duchesne is just kind of lost. Like, yeah, yeah. True. Shot shares are atrocious. Hasn't really been able to put up points. Maybe let's give him a bit more time to really dominate in the air. Well, Tim, yeah. let's go on to our second game. Senators versus Predators. This is a 3-1 to one Predators victory. Sens goals were scored by Zach Smith. Predator goals were scored by Austin Watson, Ryan Ellis, and Craig Smith. Shots were 36-26 for Nashville. Nashville outplayed Ottawa for a majority of this game. Despite both teams playing well to start, Ottawa looked uninspired and flat-footed throughout most of the game outside of the Chuck White stone line and a few moments from Craig Anderson. Like I said, the Chuck White stone, once again, only line that showed up for me. This game was just frustrating to watch, man. Oh, I know. It was awful. And it, the only notes I have is, like I said, that line, Anderson, and then Shabbat blocking the shot with his hand on the empty there. Yeah, and, like, just watching this, you can kind of, t- like, I really wonder if uh, there's these coaching adjustments to, like, I mentioned this last week, just to make the team kind of shit. Yeah. Like to like they mentioned that they're focusing on defense, and if that means standing still and not moving, that's not good. No, and that's something that we noticed, especially last year too, right? Was that on defense, they just stood there. They stood there on offense. They stood there trying to move the puck around, trying to get stuff going. <laughs> no, that's not a beer. I'm actually, I wanted to actually prove which episode was actually a Christmas episode from last year. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they just they stand there, don't really do anything, get everything passed around them. Yeah, it was brutal. It was a really hard game to watch. And this game and the Bruins one, I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing, only the first two periods. And even from that, I was just like, man, this is not good. No, and that's a, co- that's a coaching thing. Yeah. This is a team that's afraid to make mistakes and maybe just playing a system that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, they back off to an insane amount. Not re- They really didn't forecheck much in... Uh, they didn't really forecheck or backcheck much in the neutral zone or the defensive zone. So, Nashville was able to enter the zone with ease and then just fire lasers wherever they wanted. Mm-hmm. This was a game that, other than the first minute, was just not very fun to watch. No, it wasn't. And, and it was a very hard game to watch, too. Yeah, like, I'd rather the Sens skate around with no structure just trying instead of standing around and doing nothing i'd rather them be dynamic and not and probably not probably bad instead of static indefinitely bad yeah yeah this game sucked do you want to go into a game where we actually won uh let me see is there any anyone else that i feel like needs a commendation Eh. honestly i feel like brady kachuk actually he was trying to get this team going but, yeah, he hasn't been able to get much going either lately. I feel bad for the kid, honestly. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He's still young, right? And obviously those are the growing pains of these young players coming into the NHL is that you're going to have moments like this, 
and it's really a matter of how do you react in the moment. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, Ottawa just kind of got rolled by the top, like uh, Nashville's top lines. Yeah. Well, Tim, let's go on to our third game: Sens versus Red Wings. This is a four to two Senators victory. Whoa, we can beat bad teams. I'll take it. Sens yeah. goals scored by Chris Tierney with two, Mark Stone and Hot Sam Bacho. Red Wings nice. goals were scored by Luke Gundenning and Dylan Larkin. Shots were 31-28 for the Red Wings. Chris Tierney scored first to make it 1-0 Ottawa after Larkin broke his stick to make it a 2-on-1 two, two play. Mark Stone appeared to have scored on a rebound to make it 2 nothing centers, but has ruled no goal. Hot Sam Bacho! Hammers at home from the point to officially make it 2 nothing centers. Glenn Denning scores on the backhand in front to make it 2-1. Dylan Larkin gets behind the D to tie the game at 2. Mark Stone scores to make it 3-2 after White shot popped out behind Howard. And Tierney scored on the empty net while on the power play to make it 4-2. Like I said, I had to condense watch this game because I was at my Christmas party. Nice. How was the Christmas party? Pretty good. You know, I had to work that day, so I went and got a six-pack, drank four beers in the shower. You know, because you always got to do your pregame right. Yeah. And a chat with one of the receptionists that I work with. My buddies thought I was trying to get with them. They should have just left me if that was the case. <laughs> Which, I never got that sort of vibe, but at that point, I was too drunk. I was like, nope, I cannot close this if this is like put case. Oh, jeez. So, you know, obviously we had, a, we had a bit of an argument in the car about it. I got <laughs> home. I threw up, passed out on the bathroom floor. My sister woke me up after, because I, I didn't have the light on in the bathroom, and the door was oh. kind of closed, so she opened it and hit me in the side while I'm laying oh. down. I'm like, oh, oh, fuck, do I need to get up now? All right. Oh, jeez. Then I got up and passed out. Uh, okay. Yeah. Not as bad as you last week, but, you know. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that was bad. Yes, it was. Um, speaking of bad, holy fuck are the Red Wings awful. I know. It's, sa- like, it's a shame, really, you know the fall of an empire yeah no kidding but they made ottawa look good like the red wings just they couldn't move a puck up the ice to save their damn life Mm -hmm. like if you can't get 30 shots on this year's ottawa senators your offense fucking sucks yep uh shabbat just ate that entire team alive (coughs) even with having ben harper being his most common line mate it's a shame, really, when he's the most, you know, his line mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Detroit's shot, their shot selection sucked pretty, pretty bad. Um, yeah, it's, overall, I felt the Senders came out and really took it to, they really took it to Detroit here. It was a surprise, an inspired game, and I think, this is the first time in a while that Ottawa's won one away from their own barn. I know. It's really amazing, Tim. Yeah, it's like, I don't understand how this team can be almost competent at home and then functionally useless away from their own arena. Yeah. It's got to be another coaching thing, honestly. I know. Like, I just, know. It's like, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's one of these things we might have to talk about with a blocker next week. Yeah. Well, I just... I guess the thing is, I wonder what... I'd have to even... 
see if other people have done any sort of research about home versus away records and if there's anything significant in there and that or if not i can do it and that would be honestly interesting because i this is bizarre yeah definitely look into that tim yeah and uh other than that yeah good game by the sense uh thomas shabbat really going hard and yet another go- yet another call that goes against the sends on goal review okay yeah this this team just can't get any can't get those calls no they can't you know well, you know one guy i'm surprised you have not brought up yet tom pyatt him too chris Taneri. come yeah, on he had two goals in this game he had two goals and he's he will probably have a career best season this year. Like he's on pa- he's on pace to have a better season than he ever had in San Jose. Yeah, but I mean, you look at the players they had in San Jose, right? Yeah, so he was definitely down the depth chart. Yep. But man, this def- like I'm not gonna lie, this defense is definitely pretty thin. Mm-hmm. And playing in a back to back, we'll see how truly thin it is. Absolutely. A couple of notes I want to make here. Yep. For the third straight game, Tuchuk White Stone again played well. From what I saw in the condensed game, it seemed like it was a pretty evenly played game. Uh, Tenerian with two goals. I got nothing else to mention on that. No, uh, Tenerian played very well, and yeah, I just looking forward to the next game we have to talk to. Boy. I know, and it's a shame because, again, this is another game that I had a condensed watch because, in all fairness, I went and saw a better game in Victoria. Yeah. Giants versus the Royals. That was a good game. Mm-hmm. Very chippy game, too, I might add. Really? Like, yeah. just... Like, a big fight broke out at the right at the end of the game. Oh, nice. Yeah. How many good. people? Uh, Six, seven, maybe. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It was teddy bear toss night, and you might have to find the video. There was, like, a seven-foot teddy bear that they, we rolled down the crowd and threw it onto the ice. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'll, you have to look into that. It was really good. Mm. Unfortunately, I'm just delaying the inevitable. Sands versus Canadians. This is a 5-2 to two Canadians victory. Sands goals are scored by Colin White and Miguel Botker. Canadians goals are scored by Matthew Pekka, Jasper Kokanenimi, Shea Weber, Paul Barron, and Jonathan Druan. Shots were 46-18 for Montreal. Pekka scores top shelf to make it 1-0 Montreal. Colin White scores on a scramble right after the Pekka goal to tie it at 1. Gallagher appeared to have made it 2-1, but the puck was kicked in. But, <coughs> excuse me. Barker scores to give Ottawa the 2-1 lead. Kokanenemi scores to tie it at 2 after it hits the post off McKenna and in. Danilo appeared to score to make it 3-2 on a delayed Ottawa penalty, but is called no goal on an embellishment call on the Habs. Weber scores to make it 3-2. Byron scores to make it 4-2. Andrew nails the empty netter to make it 5-2 Habs. Like I said, it was a condensed game. I went to see a better game in Victoria. But you know what it's time for, Tim? What is it? This week on What the Fuck is Defense. This team is really... Like, this team... Like, they rolled out. And uh, let's name the defensemen that Ottawa played, shall we? Max Lejoie, Cody Cece, Thomas Shabbat, Christian Yaros, Justin Falk, Ben Harper. Watch as the Ottawa Senators cry and play thing called defense. However, outside of Thomas Shabbat, this decor is a total dumpster fire. Yep, and even Thomas Shabbat wasn't great tonight. Yeah, that's what I noticed too. The only thing I noticed is that 
I'm going to give Mike McKenna the benefit of the doubt because I didn't feel he played terrible given all the shots he faced. Now, con- considering I only condensed watch the game, I didn't watch the whole thing, it may be a different story if you watch the whole thing as opposed to watching the condensed version. You remember how Chris Weidman said they come into the zone with a whole bunch of speed and Andy's like, oh shit. Yep. That's this game. Oh. You could tell that by about midway through the second period, the Sens were out of gas. Uh, it was one of those games, huh? Yeah, and the Sens' defense are so shit that they can't deal with that. It's a shame, really, man. Yeah, like, uh, maybe if they hadn't traded that uh, Farrakh Marlson guy, maybe things would have been better. Well, Tim, come on. Let's be honest. Maybe if they didn't trade a defenseman called Eric K. No, I'm sorry. That's that's too specific. Let's call him E. Carlson. You know, maybe it might have been a little bit different, but I don't even think keeping him on the team would have helped things, to be honest with you. I think we might have had a little more offense, but I think if he had stayed here, it still would have been kind of a dumpster fire. Yeah. Because you would have been still relying on CeCe, Harper, and a few other guys, right? And, I mean, outside of Thomas Shabbat, who do we really have on this defense that's doing well? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, like, LeJoie's been awful the last few games. Well, he just hasn't been very good since his hot start to the season. Yeah, and I think because he's been tethered to Cody Cece, I think that a lot of it has to do with that, too. Yeah, that's for sure. This is a team that was tired and didn't really come to play, and when your team gets eight shots in two periods, you're going to have problems. Yep. The only senator who was close to 50% on the shot battle was Nick Paul. Honestly, like as much as I say teams shouldn't panic, the Senators need to do something. Yeah, they really need to do something because, you know, we can't rely on Thomas Shabbat every game because he's just one man. Yeah, like... A beautiful man, but he's still one man. And the team doesn't have their first round pick this year. Unless San Jose missed the playoffs. Yeah, it's... It's a rough situation. Like, hopefully this team just gets better throughout the year. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to be a thing. And it's not even like Carey Price had a great game. He just didn't have to see a lot of shit. Yeah, because, I mean, he had a, what, 850 save percentage? 89%. He lighted two goals on Ottawa's 18 shots. shots. Like, it's not... He didn't play a great game. And McKenna still... some let in four goals and he still somehow had a 91% sorry he let in three goals he still somehow had an, you know, no four I'm right he still somehow had a 91% save percentage yeah, yeah I had like, no more comments on this team on this game to be honest with you Tim this game like I think I was saying this earlier we could just reuse our audio from last week for this game because it's pretty much the same goddamn game yeah, yeah. different player scoring but you know same game same game and I don't know this this team has to figure its shit out. Yeah. Like, I don't think we expect any, really expect anything out of this team, and maybe there was some false optimism a few weeks ago, but yeah, this this game sucks, and I hate that the team plays games like this. And can we fire our coach yet, or does that cost too much money? I think that costs too much money. <sighs> Fuck. I know. Well, Tim, without it out of the way, should we head on to the close for the evening? Yep.
Okay, first of all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it, because believe me, Tim and I love recording it for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash thirdlineplugsensecast. Because our bod day made the mention, we are on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter, at thirdlineplug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at m901honeybadger, and I'm at greatwhitegipster, g-r-8-w-a-t-e, gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to talk about the stories that we talked about this week... You want to talk about Thomas Shabbat, or, I don't know, you just want to send us an email. Shoot us an email, thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail.com. Okay, Tim, so for this coming week, we have got three games on the schedule. We've got Monday versus the Nashville Predators, Friday in New Jersey to play the Devils, and Saturday versus the Washington Capitals. We might be able to win a game in there. Maybe. Let's not get our hopes up, though. No. So, Tim, before we head off, this is going to be our last episode before Christmas, and I just want to wish everybody a happy holidays. I hope you're all safe. Please make sure, though, at this time that you do think of the less fortunate. And I also can't stress enough that some people do suffer the holiday blues and they do feel down at this time of the year. And as a part of the Third Line Plug Success Cast, we just want to let everybody know that there is help out there. And that is the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. The number again is 1-800-723-8255. Oh, I thought we were just going to say uh, donate to your local local charity or the Science Foundation. You can do that expect- too, Yeah, I wasn't expecting the suicide hotline to come no, out here. No, but you know what, though? Some people, you know, the holidays are a tough time for them. Yeah, fair enough. And, you know, some people need the help. Mm-hmm. Until next week, guys. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this is Tim Jensey. Happy holidays, guys. Go Sens. Woo! Hey, Tim, do you remember in this episode this evening we talked about does our holiday episode fall before Christmas or after Christmas? Yeah, I honestly couldn't remember. And neither could I. And I was like, right on the spot, I was like, oh, fuck, was it before? Was it after? And then I remembered that season one, episode 12, which was the hashtag Melnick Out episode, which was the first episode we did after I got back from Ottawa. Oh, right, because you got stuck in Calgary. And Ottawa. And Ottawa. Yeah, and this is this was the opening that we used. So, ha! I was right, motherfucker. It was the one before Christmas. Yeah, you fucking guessed. I did guess, and I was right. <laughs> that doesn't fucking count. It does count. I was right. Fine. Hey, Tim. Yeah. Love you, Blade. Uh, I love you, Tim. But. Yeah. God See, damn. I told you I was right.
Oh, I had no idea, man. I know. Even on the spot, you, you confront. I was like, oh, fuck, was it before? Was it after? Yeah, like, I just, I had no fucking clue, dude. I know. I can't wait till next week's episode, though. That's going to be good. Oh. oh, man, it's going to be a gooder. Yep. Yeah, and the one after that, it's going to be fucking awesome, too. Oh, yeah? What? Oh, that's right. That's right. That is going to be a good one. Yeah, so uh, as a gift to all of our all of our listeners in this easter egg uh, please look forward to our two episodes after the holidays because i think you're gonna enjoy it a lot absolutely nailed it nailed it